Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and as ever I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we have a very special guest with us. It's my cousin and Disney expert, Becky. Hi. So this week we are discussing The Little Mermaid, which was released in the USA on the 17th of November 1989. And... Ages later in the UK, the 12th of October 1990, which seems a crazy long time to wait. You kids never have to wait that long for anything, do you? Well, do you think that they had to they test it, like it would go out to the US, it would have to get the hype and then no, it would come over? because they're way more important, aren't they? Okay. I don't know, I think partially it's like the timing of their holidays, so it has to fit in with like when their like Thanksgiving is compared to our Christmas holidays and all that. There yes. she is. That's why she is on this show. Yes, because Thanksgiving, good thinking, Becky, Thanksgiving is the last Thursday of November, isn't it? So it probably was just before Thanksgiving. Is that Kezi I can hear barking, Becky? Yeah, the doorbell went. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) She can be on the show. Why not? Bring the whole family on. Briefly... Before we talk about the the film, we're just going to talk about um, the rides and where it features in theme parks, etc. Voyage of the Little Mermaid in Disney Hollywood Studios, which uh, used to be called MGM Studios. And that opened on the 7th of Jan 1992, replacing the Muppets and is still there. So that's basically the stage show of it. Do you both remember going in that? Um, not really. <laughs> I remember I remember having to queue a really long time to go into it and then like it's just not ever really standing out as anything great. Okay. Becky, do you remember it? I realise now it's been like ten years since I've been to Walt yeah. Disney World, so I'm a bit outdated. Mm. Well sorry. Well, that's, a, that's an anticlimax <laughs> to that. That's right, end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and... <laughs> now we'll go, Carla, do you remember it? And then you're going to tell us every detail. Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Go. It's like my favourite thing probably in Disney Hollywood Studios. I love it. What, the... Is it still there now? It's still there, yeah. yeah you just kind of get the best songs because they, they do like the, the three major or four major songs, I think it is. But you don't get that stupid kiss the girl song so i like it because that's out there that's the best song in the whole film oh come on <laughs> kiss the girl set them both off got two of you now i just think it's a terrible song Why? it's a terrible song well how is that not in the main song it just no, no. it's awful what's wrong with it some awful faux reggae dreadful faux reggae it also features now in 
the Magic Kingdom, it's Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid, and it opened on the 12th of October 2012, and it replaced part of Mickey's Toontown. And it's quite nice, it's a bit like um, the Finding Nemo ride, so you sit in a clam and go round and sort of... I'm just Googling it now. Looks nice, actually. Looks like quite a nice ride. It is nice, isn't it? Yeah. So I enjoy that. So she's in two parks, which for a film that came out in 1989 is pretty yeah. impressive, isn't it? And also, I didn't realise until I had to go and find Little Mermaid on Sky, which your only option is to buy and keep, which obviously I didn't do. Um, there's like another three films. Becky, can you enlighten us? Oh, God. Right, yes. Well, the second one, my sister's absolutely obsessed with, um, and that's the tale about um, Ariel's daughter then wanting to go back to the sea and be a mermaid, now that she's a princess on land. So that's like a reversal. But then you have Ursula's sister as the um, villain, and I kind of hate her. She's not really any good as a villain. Um, and then the third one, you're going back into Ariel's past, and you see her mother and all the little mermaids as babies, and sort of go through this mini story about how they hated music and then learned to love it again. And in the second one, does she ever see her, um, does she see, does Ariel ever see her family again? Yep, I think she has to go back under the sea eventually to find her daughter, who somehow ends up in that But she doesn't go back for just visits? No, oh no, uh, yeah, no, her daughter gets a load of threats and then she has to completely, like, bar off the ocean and completely deny all her ocean heritage, so she didn't see them for quite a long time. (laughs) Wow. It sounds quite serious. Right, so on to the film. I asked Becky to join us for this film because, well, one, she's a Disney expert, like insanely so. You wouldn't believe the knowledge this girl has. And two, when she was little, she used to have a Little Mermaid room. Well, and I named all my goldfish after them at the time. <laughs> Very inventively. Yeah, it was the most amazing room I'd ever seen. And I've been trying to find a picture of it, and I still can't find a picture of this room. But I can't describe how amazing it was. So um, Becky's mum is very, very good at painting. And she managed to, like, create as if you were, like, literally living under the sea. That's cool. Minus the water. So, yeah, so it was kind of a no-brainer that if you were going to come on, it had to be for The Little Mermaid. Oh, no, that's nice. Yeah, definitely. Because I always associate it, you know, with with you. But you weren't born at the time it came out. No. No. I first saw it um, on video. And this was kind of the only um, Disney film that came out whilst I was a child, like big Disney film. I mean, I was a big child. I was 12 at the time, but... <laughs> There was that, like, throughout the whole of the 80s, the Disney period was quite flat, wasn't it? No, it's really not a great time for Disney then. Really not. I didn't luck out at all. Yeah. So in the Uh, 90s, what were you you telling me happened in the 90s? Oh, the Disney Renaissance. The Disney Renaissance, absolutely. Because it just went mental, didn't it? All of a sudden, Mm. and then Disney were, like, firing just blockbusters left right and center yeah hit after hit and other ones that have still remained around like you say they're still in the parks then you go little mermaid beauty and the beast aladdin lion king pocahontas 
oh, Hercules, Milan, just yeah. keep going. It's just crazy the success that they had, just one after the other. I don't think they just suddenly decided, let's stop making this naff quality. <laughs> let's launch into something better. Um, let's stop making Basil the Mouse Detective and actually crack on. Oh, up. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Basil the Mouse Detective. That was the best I got in my childhood. Oh, yeah, you had the Black Cauldron, didn't you? And Yeah. Yeah. A bit dark. <laughs> well, no wonder I was a dark teenager, Becky, when you think back. <laughs> so we start off and we see a ship with Eric and a dog. What's the dog's name? Max. Max, thank you. And uh, we're told that King Triton is the leader of the Mer people. Now... I, I mean, I've seen this film. I, I don't. I didn't even know that was an expression. Do you get mermen? Is that a thing? Yeah, that would be know. from that would be from Greek, like yeah, Odyssey. Isn't I'd it? never heard of. I'd never heard of them called mer people. Well, clearly, you had. You just never listened. <laughs> it sounds like something we'd like create now, like to be PC mer people. You know. Um, I don't know. I was just very surprised that they said that. Um, and we get a nice little um, instrumental part of your world playing, don't we? Which is quite nice. We get a concert with uh, King Triton and Sebastian, who introduces him as the king. And um, the king says he will be proud of his daughters, but he says especially Ariel, which I thought was a bit out of order on the others. Because yeah. I thought that... Yeah, the whole song was like, this is our first, this is Ariel's first sort of song. Now, what I want to know, and actually, Becky, you might be able to help because you've seen the other film. Um, did her dad, you know, with all the children, are they half-sisters? Because they all look very different. No, you see their mother. <laughs> oh, no, you see, you see their mother and she's just like, yeah, an older-looking version of Ariel. And they show young King Triton also with red hair. So, yeah, you do wonder about every other hair colour they managed to achieve with yeah. their children. But there you and go. then it was like, on the seventh one, the seventh <laughs> one inherited the ginger hair or whatever. Weird. But anyway, that's yeah. why I thought it was odd. <laughs> yes, actually, I noticed that well, all the other sisters look exactly the same and then Ariel looks completely different. Yeah, But they, there's like... A brunette one and then a blonde one and then they just all look a bit like i don't know just like random so becky can you tell us what actually happened to the mother because obviously in typical disney style she's dead but what happened to her do we know of course oh yeah no that's part of the reason of the plot the third one why they end up hating music because she was like oh they were out in the ocean she was playing this music box triton had given her with all the girls mm. there then the ship came in with humans, dreaded humans, and I think she got crushed under the bow of the ship. Gosh. Going back for this music box, so it was pretty yeah. intense. What a way to go. Yeah, so Ariel doesn't turn up for the concert, basically. And it turns out she's hanging around with Flounder, who we like, don't we? Surely you like Flounder, Holly? No. No? Okay. I just <laughs> actually found him really annoying. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine, that's fine. So they're looking at a shipwreck and she gets mega excited when she finds a fork. Yeah, 
I always thought that was strange. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of all, all the things that you think you'd find in a shipwreck, you thought you'd have come across cutlery before. But she... Yeah, and I thought it was weird, because originally I thought, you know, when I first was watching it and she said, oh, I found this, you know, found this fork, I thought, okay, fair enough. You know, there might it might be, might look quite interesting, you know, shy, like it's shiny and stuff. And then later on when we see all of her room, like her room of everything she's found, the fork is probably the least impressive thing. Uh, a shark appears and they swim away they've take they take what they found to scuttle who's a seagull now surely we all like scuttle don't we Uh, he's quite annoying i was gonna say do you even need to ask do you actually like him i did yeah okay um he gives them the wrong info and what I found interesting, obviously, one of the things he finds, or she finds, is a pipe. I mean, do, would kids watching this nowadays even know what a pipe was? I don't think they'd put it in nowadays. Once again, like, would they encourage that in a children's film? Probably They not. probably wouldn't, because I tell you what, Becky, I haven't seen anyone smoke a pipe since my granddad and your great-granddad. Like, I mean, it just doesn't happen, does it? So kids probably wouldn't even know what a pipe was. I remember it's, it's in loads of things I used to watch as a kid. They would always have a pipe, but often for children it would then be a bubble pipe. But <laughs> they would always have a pipe. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I used to have a bubble pipe. It was all the rage. I mean, now it's vaping. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it cuts to Ursula, who's uh, an octopus, and she's all big and scary, and she's having a moan, isn't she? Then back to Triton, who's telling off Ariel, and Flounder tries to help, but let slip, he went up to the... Oh, sorry, they went up to the surface. So she's then given a lecture on humans. So they're bad, which we now know, because, God, they killed her mum. I mean, we didn't know this. No, that's new new information for us. That didn't come out that long ago, I don't think, the third one. Oh, really? No, I feel like that's not very old at all. I guess it must have been straight to video, because wasn't Toy Story 2 the only sequel to come out of the cinema, or like the first one to come out of the cinema? Yeah, so probably not nowadays. Imagine they should have a lot more of them into the cinema. Yeah. Um, And now they've really upped their game on films, like Cars. You know, where obviously Cars 3 has gone to the cinema, so that's good. We've got a Disney expert on, and I think you'll find one of the only... Pixar film she doesn't like is is Cars. Would that be right, Becky? That's so true. I just I can't warm to it, but I don't really like Cars, so it's not a good premise for me to begin with. But uh, no, <laughs> just don't like it. Thank you, Becky. What about Planes? I haven't even watched it, which is ridiculous to me because I watch it every Disney film, oh. as you can tell from all my sequel watching. Please don't watch Planes, <laughs> Becky, because you know, don't waste your time. You're a scientist. Um, <laughs> then we get Part of Your World playing. Oh, love that song. Which, I mean, it's got to be one of the best Disney songs, hasn't it? Well, I think so. I've always thought so. Would you agree, Holly? No. <laughs> I think this this actually... It's just I thought it was all right. I don't think I even commented anything about it. Sebastian arrives and explains her dad wouldn't like her collection of human artefacts. 
and she goes to the surface and sees Eric's boat and fireworks, which are all quite impressive. And she tells Scuttle that Eric is handsome. Well, he is, so, as I think the Disney princes go. Do you think he's a good Disney prince? Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, I wrote load notes on this. Um, <laughs> okay, go on. Oh, no, it's just, oh, Lauren was agreeing with me as well, my sister. Okay, um, yeah. Oh, he's just so much more capable than all the other princes. He does so much. He just accepts all this new information immediately and just goes with it. They're like, oh, yep, fine, she's a mermaid. Gotta save her now. Just, he's amazing. Like, not like Prince Philip and Sleeping Beauty, where they're just like, the fairies do all of the work. They just shove at him the magical shield and sword and tell him to go fight the dragon. He just does it all. He's amazing. Okay. That's interesting, because I had a completely different view on him. Really? Oh, God. <laughs> I just thought he was a bit stupid. Well, I'm glad we settled that. <laughs> so they present Eric with a statue of himself. Now, what I said here, where did they hide that? Well, yeah, and also how weighty is it? I'd have thought it might have fallen through that wooden boat. I found that unrealistic in an otherwise realistic film. Of course. <laughs> All the best people. Yeah. <laughs> so she hears them say that he needs to settle down. Didn't you think it's weird that she she obviously sees him and she's like, oh, he's really nice looking. And it's like she's six. So she's 16, isn't she? Um, I just sort mm. of found it a bit weird how she just was suddenly like obsessed with him. But she does, you know, she's only just seen him. Like she doesn't know him. He could be horrible. No, he was nice to his dog. I think that was one of the main things. She saw him interact with Max and then, oh, yep, instantly in love. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd agree with you on, on that one, Becky, because me and you are animal people. Yeah, so it would have gone a long way with me, him being nice to the dog, yeah. but there we go. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Suddenly they yell, there's a hurricane coming and the ship gets thrown about. How do they know it's a hurricane? No, they're seamen, they just know these things. I guess. I just, you know, it just seemed a bit of an overreaction, you know, because you'd think, oh, you know, it's a bit windy or there's a storm coming. They went straight to Hurricane, which I thought, you know. I didn't even notice that. Ariel helps Eric by pulling him up to the shore. And I thought this was quite funny. Scuttle checks his foot for a heartbeat. Is that quite funny? Yeah. No. He wakes up and catches a glimpse of Ariel and hears her singing before she runs away. Well, can she run? No. <laughs> so we then cut to Ursula, who sees all of this via kind of a crystal ball. Is that what's happening right now, Becky? I don't know. How did she see it? Yeah, sort of through, like, I don't know, magical bubble when she's watching. A magic bubble. Okay. Like that. I'm sure it's a bubble that she like gets in front of her like, I don't know, cauldron type thing. Well she's a witch, isn't she? Is she? She's called a sea witch for the whole thing. I must have missed that. I thought she was just an octopus. Well, I thought it was very progressive to begin with that Ariel saved um Eric. I mean when does that ever happen? The princess goes and saves the prince. Yes, okay. Well, that's a little bit of a, maybe a foreshadowing of girl power that's going to hit the 90s in a few years that's after. True. So, yeah, she did. She did manage to save him. 
So I wrote here what we said earlier, none of her sisters look like her. And but they tell dad that they think she's in love. And she plans to meet up with Eric, doesn't she? In her own head, he doesn't know about this. And then we launch into Under the Sea. Now, do you like this song? Well, I, I mean, you should know this because you went mental about it when I put it in my top five Disney songs during one of our episodes. I can't remember which one. Frozen episode, I think it was in. I think it's one of the best Disney songs there's ever been. It is fantastic, I think. Yeah. Holly? Yeah, I quite, yeah, I like it. Oh, hello. That was a shocker. <laughs> yeah. It's just so colourful, isn't it? I think you have to remember this was like, you know, a long time ago. I think the animation in this, there was a couple of scenes, just uh, when we get to the shout outs, you'll hear someone commented that the animation wasn't as good in this film. And I agree on a couple of films, you, on a couple of scenes, you can see it's a little dated, especially there was an end scene that looked quite dated. But on the whole, I think it was fantastic for the time. I'd have to agree. I thought it was great. I don't think it looks as old as it is. No, I think it's held well. And I've um, apparently, apparently Lauren remembers me saying this to her, which I entirely don't. But apparently, I went on this whole spiel about how I think it's fantastic about the bright colours <laughs> of all the characters and everything that goes on in that scene compared to the relatively dull sea background they've maintained throughout the whole movie. The char- characters are always really colourful, and yeah, everything else is grey pretty much in the background. That's a very good observation. Uh, apparently, I go on rants like this all the time, and I forget some of them. <laughs> But yes. Um, well, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, it's it's very, very good. I mean, this film is as old as Holly. This came out the year you were born. This is this is literally as old as you. <laughs> but I would say that I think a lot of Disney films, you know, sort of... I mean, even if you watched Snow White, obviously you can tell it's really, really old. Probably not as old as it actually is. It's bloody old. And I mean, that is old. It's older than you, Carla. I don't know, imagine that. <laughs> Actually older than me. Um, yeah, when was, the, when was Snow White? 40s? No, so it must have been the 30s. 1937. That's incredible. Look at that knowledge. Triton summons um, Sebastian and says Ariel is in love assuming it's a merman but he lets slip it's indeed a human so but I thought that was weird that we didn't see any other merman but this is what I'm saying to you that I didn't know they existed because you don't really see them throughout this film do you well I don't think you see any do you no I think you see a few of them swim up to the concert at the end like when they were all waving them goodbye I thought yeah there was a couple then. But, like, you know, I feel nowadays if this had been made, there would have been, like, some kind of love triangle where they would have shoved in a I merman. Say that. Yeah, that you'd get it where, you know, someone would be like, oh, Ariel, you should... Pocahontas style. Yeah. I think it's just because we've just recorded Pocahontas oh, yeah, we've had that yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I was thinking. It's entirely Pocahontas. <laughs> We're just reliving. You know what would be really good? If she'd have met someone called John Smith... And then they spoke to a crazy tree. That would be good. (laughs) 
Did you listen to our Pocahontas episode, Becky? I did. Who I was did. your favourite on it? Yeah. No pressure. Oh, God. No pressure, but I will be buying your Christmas present. Of course you, Carla, of course. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, there was no prompting involved in that. Ariel is flirting with Eric's now sunken statue. And Triton walks in and tells her off for saving a human's life. She says she loves him, which seems a little quick. Dramatic. Just a bit, honestly. These 16-year-olds. So he destroys all of her human collection. That was way too harsh. I thought it was a little harsh. And the problem with teenagers is if you forbid them to do something, they're going to want to do it even more. you think you'd know that with so many daughters. You really would. I mean, she's the youngest. He must have been through this kind of shenanigans before. Yeah. But I thought it was weird because obviously it seemed that the other daughters weren't married. They might have been, but you know, they all, they all seemed to sort of live in the same place and that they weren't married off. And yet he seemed really ex- sort of quite excited when they said, oh, Ariel's in love. Mm. Yes. I thought that was weird. Cause, you know, well, what about your other daughters? Exactly. Who were a bit older. Well, because he was obsessed with Ariel, as I said. He was just complete favouritism of her. He didn't care about his other daughters. No, he didn't. No. I think secretly, I think you uncovered something earlier and his other daughters weren't even his. And that's why he loved Ariel more. Wait for Little Mermaid 4 when you see the affair of the mother. That's what's going to happen. So he he leaves her crying and Ursula's ills appear. They say that they can help her and get her prince together. um, Sorry, her and her prince together by going to Ursula. Obviously, at first, Ariel says that she won't. Oh, and I've written Sea Witch, so I did know she was a Sea Witch. I've written it here. Mm. And I think here it just sort of actually shows that Ariel's a really poor judge of character. So, you know, she she looks at, you know, Eric and she's like, oh, I love him. But, you know, she goes off with these horrible-looking eels. Yeah, not a good life choice. It's really not. And then... um, she just sees Eric's dismembered statue face. She changes her mind. And off she goes. Um, Sebastian tries to stop her. And then we get Ursula's song, which is included in the Disney Hollywood Studios show. Oh, thank God. So I love that song. It's a great villain it's song. A great, it's a great song. And I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think she's one of the the better villains in a Disney film. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. She's definitely one of my favourite villains. She's always been up there. She's amazing. So sassy. I mean, she's she's quite terrifying. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't... Obviously, I was a bit older when I saw it, so, you know, I wasn't really scared of her, but I'd imagine when you're a child, she's quite a scary character. Mm, I never liked her as a child. She says that she will give her a potion that will make her human for three days. But if she hasn't kissed her prince by midnight on the third day out of true love, she will belong to Ursula. And and she has to take her voice. 
I mean, it seemed like a pretty deal, if I'm honest. Got a lot of stipulations. Couldn't even just be a kiss. It had to be a true love's kiss within the three days. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a challenge. Well, yeah, I mean, she was setting this uh, this poor girl up to fail, wasn't she, really? She says, oh, you know, it's a lot that she won't see her dad and her sister. And she says, but you'll have your man. And at this point, I feel she should have, like, smoked a cigarette or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was quite dastardly. <laughs> And I just think it was so strange that Ariel's like, you know, just agreed to it for someone who, again, she doesn't know. Leave she's just so family, mad at her your dad. Friends. Yeah, she's angry. Yeah, be reasonable, Holly. She's angry at her dad. And she wants to be a human. So this gives her, like, both of those opportunities, doesn't it? She's 16. Yeah, but... So she sings and Ursula steals her voice. Ariel becomes human and Sebastian and Flounder push her up to the surface because obviously she can't breathe underwater now. Um, Scuttle finds out what's happened and tries to put some clothes on her. Which was quite, I found it quite an amusing scene. I love that scene, yeah, that's great. He's trying to figure out what's changed with her. Eric's dog finds her, and Eric is excited, saying that the one she's been looking for, and then he kind of ruins it. I thought it was a bit horrible. He was like, oh, no, it's not you. Yeah, all ready to ditch her until he realised maybe, maybe can't. Yeah, bit rude when he realised she couldn't speak, as if it's not tough enough, be a mute in the world, and then you get a knockback as well. Eric's servant helps her... Uh, thinking that she's been washed up from a shipwreck and she's taken to dinner and then we see uh, another pipe joke there's several aren't there in this they're all about the pipes yeah very very heavily on that well, yeah no, they like tobacco in the 80s Disney it's fine so instead of smoking a pipe she blows it and obviously it goes all in his face and she combs her hair with the fork etc etc and then we see a skit with Sebastian escaping a chef I mean Sebastian is so tiny would the chef even bother to try and put him on a plate no. I, mean, <laughs> I thought when he said something like oh look at this lovely looking um crab or whatever I'd be like oh it's not even worth my time to cook it <laughs> he's such a tiny crab you wouldn't get any meat out of that we see over the next two days, Flounder and Scuttle worried that he, that they haven't kissed yet. And this is where it launches into Sebastian doing the awful Kiss the Girl song, which you oh, two no, like. Oh, it's so lovely when he gets all the random animals he's never met before involved. It's lovely. You know why I don't like this, I think? Because Peter Andre made the song. And <sighs> I think it just reminds me of Peter Andre. Not a great association. The first song that comes to mind with Peter Andre is still A Whole New World. Yeah, well, that that was featured in our um, Beauty and the Beast episode. A lot of people have commented they agree with you, Holly. <laughs> what did they say? All they can think about is Peter Andre and Katie Price. Yeah, like we've had a lot of comments on social media about that, that people agree with you. Maybe you should cast an eye over Twitter every now and again, then you'd see your fans. 
as Eric goes to kiss her, um, the eel tips the boat over and as Eric gives up hope of finding the singing girl, Ursula has transformed herself into a singing version of Ariel. I really liked that. Clever, wasn't it? Mm. I wonder why she doesn't make herself look like that all the time. Yeah. If she's capable of it. Yeah. She's happy how she is. She likes being giant and purple and an octopus, clearly. Why not? I mean, she works it, yeah. doesn't she? Because I thought she, I looked, so. she looked good. Um, like, she looked better than Ariel. Well, she was just a dark-haired Ariel, wasn't she, really? Yeah. Isn't she just modelled over that scene where Ariel's over her singing and you, she appears to have darker hair because of the sunlight? So oh. that's why she looks like that, I always thought. Do you think? Yeah, no, it has to be because you just see her face with like, dark hair. That's very astute. I'd never thought I read that. way too much into everything. <laughs> no, you're probably right. I just thought that they did that so that we know which one was Ariel and which one was Ursula, just for the audience. I just, yeah, I just didn't even think that much into it. Thank you. <laughs> so Scuttle congratulates Ariel on her wedding day because he's got the wrong end of the stick and obviously thinks because Eric's gone round telling everyone he's getting married that it's um, to Ariel. Now I've written here, and I'm sorry for this, Becky, because I don't think you're going <laughs> to like it. I've written Eric is a tool. Oh, no. He got pulled under her spell. What was he supposed to do? Oh, he's a bit thick, isn't he? Well, okay, you did have the normal scene of oh, he sees the girl we saw before and doesn't recognise her like every other prince. Yeah. Hello, it was me. And then he'd say, oh yeah, it was you. You can't be that obsessed with them. Don't even know who it is. <laughs> well, at least he was like, you know, almost, he did almost die. He wasn't at his best when he saw her. Mm, a bit too generous, I think, there. I'm not sure I agree. I think he was very, very shallow. Oh. Scuttle realises what's happening and tells Ariel, Flounder and Sebastian the wedding's happening that afternoon on the ship. So very sudden, very mm. sudden. Just because he liked her singing voice. I mean, honestly. Oh, once again, this is Ursula pushing for that timeline. Has to be before sunset. Yeah, but just because he liked her singing voice. I mean, you you like Ed Sheeran. Would you marry him in the afternoon just because you like, you know, one of his songs? But I don't I don't like Ed Sheeran, but, you know, you'd probably get... You, you know, if you didn't sign a prenup, never have to work again, would I? <laughs> You're thinking about it from, from, you know, a money point of view. I'm just using that example. Well, he was hypnotised, so... But I would say there's more of a point of, like, another person would be like, well, we physically can't get married because, you know, we don't have everything arranged. Yeah, and he's the prince, they have to pander to him, so... They've wanted him to get married, and here he is, wanting to, so... So, the wedding um, is happening on the ship, and Scuttle manages to stall it while Ariel gets on the boat. And the shell that Ursula wears around her neck, which carries Ariel's voice, falls off and kind of goes back inside Ariel. So she's got her voice back. And all of a sudden, the penny drops for old Dimbo and he realises that it's her all along. 
and the magic spell got, like you know the magic literally left him so he's got his own mind back okay sorry so sorry overly defensive just, the just a little here. bit jeez <laughs> um no he's one of the better ones definitely Eric goes to kiss her, but it's too late, and she turns back into a mermaid. She should have, at that point, just grabbed him. What, as she was sort of fell to the ground? No, I mean, like, you know, she she could see that the sun was dropping, and then that he took his time. She should have, she should have just grabbed him, kissed, kissed him. Did she have not have to wait for him, though? Because it didn't have to be a true love kiss. But why does, why does it matter if it's doesn't mean that he has to kiss her first. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. So Triton's being updated by Sebastian and um, he then goes on to sacrifice himself for her. And Eric swims down and I've written here exactly he tries to help but useless as ever. Well, I would say, can we just go back to this bit where obviously the dad um, sacrifices himself for Ariel, but I think mm. actually he he shouldn't have done that because he knows what Ursula's going to do. Mm. So he sort of is, he's sacrificing himself for Ariel, but he's sort of like putting the whole of the mer people at risk, including his six other daughters or seven other daughters. Well, he likes Ariel best. We've established this. But it's but it wouldn't because in, oh. in turn it would it would end up badly for Ariel anyway. So I think really he should, he should have just been like, I'm sorry, Ariel, but you got to go. I'm not gonna say that. Do you not think that's a bit unrealistic that a father would say, Ah, oh, sorry. I think if you had to pick one over your seven other daughters, maybe you maybe you'd go for the the biggest number, wouldn't you? Maybe not under the pressure of the moment. He's not really like hasn't got a great deal of time to think this out. But like you say, he's kind of just throwing under the whole kingdom now for Ariel. I think that he did what any father would do in that situation. Ursula um, turns even bigger. But this time, Eric gets it right, and he manages to steer the boat into her, and he bumps her off. So that's the end of her. Oh, that's a great death scene, though, don't you think, compared to every other villain who just Yeah, it's quite a graphic death scene, isn't it? It's quite... You know. Yeah, go through the chest of a giant <laughs> of a boat when you're absolutely giant. Good death scene. All of the past mer people that she's captured come back to life, including King Triton. Uh, he sees that Ariel is pining over Eric, so he manages to make her human. Oh, that's my favourite scene from the whole movie. When, like, he's crying and he has a talk with Sebastian, and Sebastian's completely down turn around on letting the children have what they want. And she emerges in that sparkly dress, so she's just... Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Becky, she emerges in a sparkly dress. Now, when she turned into a human before, she was naked. Where did she get the dress? Well, it's magic. Sure, it's magic. She's turned she... human anyway. I don't think Ursula cared much for her dignity when she sent her up. So he's put a spell, go human and, and have a dress. <laughs> Whereas Ursula was just like, be human and be naked, because she was just cruel. Well, she was notoriously the villain, yes. 
So then we cut to the wedding, all her sea friends are there and they live happily ever after. So and that's The Little Mermaid. Now for all of my, my gentle teasing, it is undoubtedly my favourite Disney film. I think it's pretty and I just I just love it. Yeah, no god, so do I. Oh, that ending, I cried last time I watched it. You can quite often make me cry because they cry and they create that rainbow and everyone's waving and the music's come back on and it makes me cry. So, Holly, what did you think of the film? I don't think it's great and I wouldn't really watch it again. (laughs) It's one of my least favourite Disney films. To be honest, I'd put Little Mermaid in with something like Jungle Book. Jungle Book's amazing, so that's not a bad place to go, is it? I don't like the Jungle Book either outrageous is this your thing like you explained with finding nemo that you don't like things that are either in space or yeah, underwater yeah feel claustrophobic you know like beauty and the beast and stuff is like really really good <laughs> you're trying to redeem yourself <laughs> i'd actually go as far to say carla i prefer toy story to this film and you know i'm not really a massive fan of toy story either which is ridiculous. You're throwing, throwing around some big names and saying you hate all of them. <laughs> the people uh, on uh, on Twitter are demanding we do the first Toy Story, Holly, so that's something we need to think about at some point. But not yet. We've only just taken four weeks to watch The Little Mermaid, so let's not go ahead of ourselves. But do you notice, Carla, that sometimes, you know, when you pick films and I like the film, I watch them much quicker... But whereas my choices were Little Mermaid and Ghostbusters from 1984, I mean, the thought drains me. <laughs> After Ghostbusters, you can pick the next two. Thank you. Okay. So let's go to the shout-outs. We've had uh, quite a few. So we go to Instagram. Start off on a bad note. It's Holly's friend Lyle. That says, I like the film. Ariel was dumber than a bag of rocks, though. Yes, thank you, Lyle. Well done. I think she was just a teenager. I don't think she was stupid. But then it's ridiculous that, you know, obviously she's a teenager and she might... Yeah, but she's 16 and then her dad's like, oh, yeah, go off and be with that human forever. (laughs) Who you don't know. At Rough Draft Podcast says, I love this film. The songs are brilliant and the characters are perfect. I grew up with this on VHS and had Under the Sea sing-along songs video. I didn't remember some of the video um, sing-alongs. And I had, um, oh, because they made a TV series of Little Mermaid as well, didn't they? I had definitely had some of Did that. Did they? Yes, yeah. Was it an official Disney thing? Yes, yeah, no, it aired on the Disney Channel back when they used to make... I think they've started doing it again now, but they made TV series of some of the movies. I think Hercules also had a TV series, stuff like that. Another one of uh, Holly's friends, but one not quite as scathing. Amy says, Ursula scared me like no one else. (laughs) I never found her that scary. No? No, not compared to, like, Maleficent, you think of her. Who's that? Oh, that's... (laughs) Villain out of Sleeping Beauty. Okay, I don't. I, I must have seen it as a kid, but I, I don't remember Sleeping Beauty at all, other than she went to sleep for a hundred years. At Brandy Fitzwalter says my favourite. At 
Girls Talky Mass says, We love how Ariel was independent and went after her dream, even though everyone told her not to. It led to her happiness. Hashtag empowering women. Hashtag girl talk. Oh yeah, nothing like empowering women than leaving all your family and friends to go and follow a man. Oh, fight. Sorry. I mean, maybe, if it maybe it'd be more empowering women if she had a chat with Eric and said, I think you should come and live with me. You know, maybe I'm not just going to live like off you. You would have drowned. Well, I'm sure they could do it, put a spell on him and make him turn him into a merman. It, it kind of looked better under the sea, to be honest. I think I would have stayed there. Thank you for um, all of those shout-outs. I'm sorry if we seemed harsh towards anyone. So, on to Twitter. At FreeCA Affiliate says, One of the most important Disney films to exist, kick-started the chain of beloved animated classics that made Disney a giant in film again. At Jack and the Geekstalk says, Looking back... The animation is bad, even though the message is change for the one you love. It's classic. So, yeah. Yeah, that really empowering women. Change, change everything about you. (laughs) At John Dredge says, best music you could possibly get. At 365 Podcast says, my kids love it, and I guess that's something. The kids make me watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think they secretly like it. And Gillian Kurish says, This was my first Disney obsession. Saw it when I was six and wanted to be a mermaid for three or four years afterwards. Yeah. So there you go. And my friend uh, Vicky says that she absolutely loves this and that Eric wins her vote for the hunkiest Disney prince. I think he just looked like very normal. His hair looked ridiculous. It looked like he had a syrup. It didn't look real, did it? I didn't think he looked great at all. In case we don't get Becky back, I need to explain that Becky hasn't gone very quiet. She's uh, she's gone offline. So um, we're trying to get her back on. But yeah, if she doesn't come back, I know she needs to be somewhere in five minutes. So if she doesn't come back, thank you very much, Becky. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show is there anything you would like to add about this Uh, film no i don't think so. you can find us on twitter at theme park films you can follow us on instagram at theme park films podcast and you can email us theme park films at hotmail.com we also have a very new facebook page which i'm trying my best to remember to update so please go and check that out um, you can also find us as part of the Brickbod Scene Network. We are the proud owners of it, and there are several fantastic podcasts. Please go and head over to our Facebook page or Twitter account to check those out. Huge thank you to Stacey from Rough Giraffe Podcast, and she does an absolutely fantastic job at running the Facebook page for us. So we are eternally grateful, and please go and check out her podcast because it's fantastic thank you very much for listening and we will see you in the next one bye theme park films podcast is part of brit pod scene a network of uniquely british podcasts that's always growing check out britpodscene.com or follow britpodscene on twitter to find out more